What's up, ASM? Uh, I am so excited to be back with you guys. We are in James 3 this week, so I want to just jump right in. Let's open up with a word of prayer for our time together in the Word, uh, and let's, let's go ahead and read. Uh, so bow our heads with me. Father, we love you. Uh, we love that you have given us the gift that is uh, this letter, this book. God, we entrust uh, you to work in us. God, we pray um, that today, that what this letter talks about, uh, the, the power of our words, um, God, just pray that we would be mindful of that, conscious, and, and think how we can honor you uh, with all that we do and all that we say as well, God. Uh, so God, we love you. We seek to, to worship you, to serve you, God, and pray that we would do that uh, even now, this morning, God. Praise things in your name. Amen. Well, like I said, we're just going to jump right in. So go ahead. If you have your Bible, if you have your phone, open it up. Go to James chapter 3. We're in the first 12 verses. I'm going to read the first couple, and, and let's go ahead. So starting in chapter 3, verse 1, James writes this. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. It's talking about me. Uh, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's a crazy passage. And let, let's, let's get into what is James saying here? And I want to start by asking you a question is, just how much power do you think that you have? Right? Initially, obviously, most of us probably think that we actually don't think we have that much power. Um, overall, when we look at the world, when we look at our lives, even what we have control over, uh, we like to think that we have a lot of control, but I think if we're honest with ourselves, we kind of realize, okay, we're not that powerful. Except what James is talking about here is actually going to push back on that. He actually says that you have a great deal of power, uh, although in this sense, your power is negative. It's, it's dangerous. Um, that power is the power of your words, right? And so this is so cliche, and I'm so sorry to go here, but you've heard the phrase, I guarantee it, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh my goodness, you've probably heard that 40 billion times when you were growing up. Uh, you probably said it to someone on the playground. But here's the thing, right? Even that statement, that statement's just not true, right? Just think about how we use it. You usually say, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, right after someone hurt you with their words, right? And you're just trying to like push it off and be like, yeah, you can't actually hurt me, but I'm gonna go cry in a corner, right? You know, I, I can totally think of that, uh, whether as a kid or, or even now as an adult, where someone has said something to me that's just really hurtful, uh, something that really, really does hurt me. Um, and we know words can have that power to, to injure each other, right? 
But what James is talking about here is not just how bullying is bad. That is true, and it's part of what he's saying. But he's actually saying that there is a greater eternal problem, eternal consequence to what your words can do and what they say, right? And just think about it. Words are something that we can think. The reason why he's making a big deal about this is it's something that we can forget about, something that we're passive on, right? Think about what we say and, and how we speak. But the reality is, even though your mouth, or in this case, he says your tongue, your actual tongue, even though it's a small part of the body, right? Relative, just think how small your mouth is to the rest of you. Uh, even though it's small, it has great power. Just like how a ship, think of like one of those giant cruise ships, right? That gigantic ship, which is like an entire like city on the water, it is steered by what is relatively a small rudder compared to the entire ship, right? It's so small. So even though your mouth may be something that you forget about, you should not because even though it is small, it has great power in your ability to witness as a follower of Jesus, right? Another example he uses, right? Uh, a small spark can set an entire forest on fire. Sound familiar? Man, just remember this clip right here. Newly released video shows the moment a gender reveal party went terribly wrong. A border patrol agent and his wife shot a rifle at a target. Blue smoke means it's a boy. Then this happened. The blaze quickly spread, reaching the Coronado National Forest in Arizona, destroying more than 45,000 acres of land and racking up more than $8 million in damages. So that, that's actually, this clip right here, that's actually from 2017, not this year, but you probably remember something very similar to that happening this year, gender reveal party. They blow up whatever the gender is of the baby, uh, and, and we all agree now these things have gotten out of hand. Like, you don't need to make a bomb to, to tell us who your baby is. But what happened is that little gender reveal party ended up uh, setting California on fire, setting a major fire down there. And not only did it cause great destruction in that area, even the effects of that fire were felt, smelled, and noticed up here in Washington, thousands of miles away. We're, we're so far away from it, and yet we still got the effects of it because this is exactly what James is talking about. Even though your words you may think are something small, something that you say that you didn't even think about, you didn't even pause to think about, it can have an explosive, wide-reaching, long-lasting effect on someone's life and on your ability to witness to them as a follower of Jesus. All right, James continues. Yeah, we're, we're, staying, we're staying on the negative. We gotta be warned about this. This is so important. James 3, 7, and 8 says, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Tiger King wasn't even thing yet, right? He's talking about this. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. He can't emphasize this enough. We can't emphasize this enough. We need to be aware. We need to first identify the problem that your tongue, your words are naturally evil, right? Because we are naturally sinners. 
your words are naturally going to hurt people. But we're not left with just that, right? So James, to this point in the letter, and he goes on well beyond, but I just want to give you four examples of to this point in the letter of what he said we're supposed to use our words for, right? How are we supposed to use our words? If our tongue's so evil, what are we supposed to do? Well, first of all, in James 1, 5 through 8, he says, ask for wisdom, Use your words to ask God for wisdom. You need wisdom in order to control your words and use your words to get there. James 1, 9 and 10, the only thing that you should be confident about, the only thing that you should speak confidently about is Jesus and your identity with him as someone he has saved, not because you're worthy, but because he is. James 1, 19, this is huge. Be slow to speak. You want to tame the tongue? Be slow to speak, but quick to listen. James 2.12, speak and act, knowing that one day you will face God. He will sit there in judgment over you. You will face him. Those are only four examples. And again, I said, he's gonna give you way more. He's gonna continue to give us more. And I hope that we're aware and looking for them as we continue to, to study this letter. But we are given four examples. Ask for wisdom, be confident in Jesus, uh, be slow to speak and quick to listen, and speak knowing that we will face judgment. We will have to face our creator, our God, one day. When we're thinking about what we say, keep those things in mind because your words are a powerful thing and they're powerful in your ability to witness. That is the point. So James 3, 9 through 12, this is how we close this section. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. So why do our words matter so much? This is what James is saying, right? We've been warned, we know they're dangerous, but why does that matter so much? Well, it's because as a follower of Jesus, we cannot both spew hatred and evil things, hurtful things, and love for God and praise for God out of the same mouth. That cannot exist. Those two things are incompatible with each other. One of them disgusts, hurts, and, and just pains our God. And the other one is designed for our right place where we're supposed to worship him. And so as a follower of Jesus, it's so important that we recognize the danger of our words and using wisdom to actually use our words for what they were intended for, which is to praise God, right? That's what he's saying. You can't have salt water and fresh water out of the same spring, right? It's either salt or fresh. Like as soon as there's salt water, it's all salt water, right? A, a fig tree can't grow olives. It grows figs. So if you're a Christian, if you're someone that says you follow Jesus, you can't also spew evil things. You can't also say things that will tear people down, that will hurt someone. And that means for us, it's not just intentionally going to hurt someone, although that's definitely a problem and we need to face that. It means that we can't just be absent-minded in our words. We can't just not think about what we're going to say. 
We need to be conscious that our role is an ambassador to Christ, that our role is to witness to our friends and the people around us. And so our words need to align with what, we, what we're saying uh, we believe, right? And that means all the time. If we want to have a faith that works, we need to watch our words. Man. So a couple of questions to be thinking about uh, after this video as you, as you go through your week and hopefully your life, but uh, just a couple of questions. Is where do you see yourself either lashing out or just not controlling or thinking about your words? Where is that and why? And why is that? Why are those instances damaging to your role as God's witness? How do they do that? And lastly, you think about you and what will work for you, but it's what is one thing that you can practice to help yourself tame the tongue and control your words? This is such a huge and important part of being a follower of Jesus and of growing up uh, to serve him is your words matter. Uh, and so I hope that you take this to heart. I hope that really start now. Trust me, it's easier to start now and work on this. Uh, don't wait. Um, build your healthy habits now so that you too can have a faith that works. Um, love you guys. Hope to see you soon. And have a great week.